Hello, I am not Joe. And I am not Corinne. And welcome to the fifth episode of The Seventh Sea. Welcome back to our fifth installment of The Seventh Sea. You know, it kind of feels like it's been forever since we were in the studio. Yeah, to be fair, we started out uh, by trying to do this like every two weeks, but with COVID and just unpredictable schedules, it just kind of unraveled. But the fact that we're still sitting here alive is what matters. And on top of that, we're filming this during school. I know, normally we do this on Mondays after the WebEx sessions and like nobody's here in the media lounge, but now there's like kids outside. Yeah, like a kid could just walk through that door right now. A real live human being humans we are humans yeah we're humans uh, good times but yeah i it you have mixed feelings about it but at the end of the day it, it is it's nice to have a little bit of normalcy again i yeah, appreciate that completely agreed well in today's general news we're going to cover the most obvious news first because journalism uh minarets is back to in-person learning sort Woo! of we'll take what we can get because the county case count, um, wow, that's a that's an alliteration. County case count. Because the county case count dipped beneath a certain threshold, the school was able to return to a hybrid version of in-person learning almost a year after we shut down. Monday WebEx classes will remain the same, but now students have the option to attend classes in person two days a week, with certain days assigned to them based on their last name. Luckily, Joe and I both fall into the L through Z category, and we finally got to go to school together again. Not going to lie, it kind of feels like freshman year again. I've said that in a couple of my classes. But, you know, it's just us two eating by ourselves, talking about really strange things at lunchtime. Emo boys. Thank you, Dan and Phil. Fly high. Uh, also feeling permanently lost and not entirely sure where our classes are because of the new walking route. But overall, good times. Good times. Yeah, it's definitely strange to say the least. I felt totally lost coming back here. Like, it's honestly more nerve-wracking than my first day freshman year, and that's <sighs> really saying something. Yeah. But at the very least, me texting my mom all day completely panicked got me a free pizza at the end, so that was pretty cool. Pizza. Speaking of pizza, today we are going to be nitpicking dominoes. Is that your transition in Nielsen nitpicks? Yes. I'm okay with this because Domino's is weird. They make square pizza slices and it's like, why do you cut my pizza into a square? What are you doing? I'm, I may not be an expert on geometry. I did get a 96 on that test once in sixth grade, but I feel like you, thank you, thank you. I worked really hard, I studied. But I feel like there's something sacred about having a round pizza with triangle slices. That you put in the square box. Yes, you have to respect the sanctity of the three different shapes. But when you throw it, this is Nielsen nitpicks. <laughs> My apologies. Take it away. Thank you. So um, anyways, Joe was completely correct there. Like you have to have the correct pizza shape. But on top of that, all Domino's does is just completely drown their pizza in garlic. Like I'm completely <laughs> convinced that they have just a giant bucket filled with nothing but garlic. And they just dip the whole pizza in there before putting it into the oven. That would explain that way, a lot. Yes. That way it distracts you from how disgustingly terrible the sauce is. <laughs> Our apologies to any Domino's fans, by the way. No, 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 no. If you actually like Domino's, <laughs> we don't like you. 
<laughs> Actually, yeah. You know, I stick with that. I'm not a big fan of me and Ed's either, but I know that's really an unpopular opinion. I know a lot of people like oh, me and Oh, people Ed's. are going to cancel us for that one. Sorry. My, my Casually bad. loses 5,000 followers on TikTok. <laughs> Christ. But yeah, Domino's is terrible. If you like Domino's, I don't like you. I don't trust you. <laughs> but, you know, I guess that's just how Corinne sees it. <laughs> Take it away, Joe. Today on Ziggler's Dictionary of Random Words, we have a word that I consistently struggle to pronounce. Uh, I'm going to attempt to say it right now. Patolphagy? Wait, hold on. I actually think that was... Patolphagy. Patolphagy. Is it G or G? It was G. Patolphagy cries. Uh, for, for reference, it's P-O-L-T-O-P-H-A-G-Y. You could see why I might get tripped up. There's way too many vowels, way too many syllables. Patolphagy. It is a noun, and it means the thorough chewing of food until it becomes like porridge. Now, you may be wondering, ah, Joe, how do we even use that in a sentence? Well, allow me to provide you an example. Uh, this is ripped from the headlines from the magazine, or the article, How to Chew, from the magazine, The Boston Evening Transcript, published September 18th, 1905. I, before you go on with this, can I just discuss how the article is titled How to Chew? Like, this was a normal thing that they had to teach people in 1905? Yeah, early 20th century, there was a, uh, there was a chewing pandemic, apparently. People just didn't know how, and it was causing a lot of uh, outcry and chaos, yeah. Uh, yeah. Luckily, this article uh, puts some fears to uh, to ease. So here's the sentence. Adherents of patophagy were not distracted from dinner conversations by chew counts, but they nonetheless had their mouths full for much of the meal. I realize now that probably isn't a helpful example, but you know what? The next time you're at uh, Thanksgiving sitting with your little cousins at the kids' table because you realize that you're not ready for the adult world, um, and when your little cousin, like, sticks their tongue out with, like, the mashed-up food and is like, ah, you know, this is the word you can use with them now. And as I say it, I realize that I'm probably not qualified to sit at the kids' table either. I don't know how to talk to children. You see, this is why at Thanksgiving I just sit alone in my room. Oh, sweetie, It's no. as simple as that. We need to have a talk about how you celebrate holidays. That's <laughs> You're losing all the magic of butchering a turkey. Wow. So is this a bad time to mention I also don't eat the turkey? What do you eat? Okay, so we make this fruit salad thing, and I just oh, take the Oh, fruit salad, you're already losing me. I take the entire bowl of the fruit salad into my room. Are there at least strawberries? Uh, no, what it is, is like a fruit salad pudding thing. So it's pistachio pudding with whipped cream, oranges, and pineapple. What? It's really weird, but it's really good. Uh, okay. I'll permit it because healthy food is important, I've been told. <laughs> that It's not healthy. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm giving up. I am giving up. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. We digress. <laughs> So back to part two of our general news segment, we actually have a lot of sports updates for you guys today. Coming from the two non-athletic girls. <laughs> never been in sports, <laughs> never will be. Anyways, <laughs> but I know a lot of you guys like it, I think. I hope. Probably. Anyways, so baseball, volleyball, and football have all started up their seasons. At last. And cross country is actually just finished up with theirs. The cross-country team is proud to be this year's West Sequoia League champions, with five of the team's runners placing in the top 15 and senior Jeremiah Stott placing in first. 
Despite this year's unusual circumstances, yet another trophy can be added to our shelves. In other club news, the Minarets FFA chapter recently dedicated its farm to Jim Mattis, the husband of longtime ag teacher Christy Mattis. Mr. Mattis passed away unexpectedly over the summer, but his legacy as an FFA coach will be memorialized forever with the renaming of the farm as the Jim Mattis Memorial Farm and Agriculture Lab. Meanwhile, the newly formed Speech and Debate Club has been on a roll the past couple of months. In fact, sophomores Kat Havens, Sophia Kennedy, and Samari Duarte are set to compete at the state competition later this month, and sophomore Kiana Hokama has already qualified for the national competition and will be competing this June. The team was formed just this year and is already so successful, which is quite an impressive feat if you think about it. And really, if we're thinking about it, Speech and debate people are terrifying in the best way because if you start an argument with them, they will quite literally tear you to pieces in the most professional way possible. And that's kind of a cool power. I wish I had it more. Big sad. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I remember I took a debate class in middle school once and we learned all these like Latin terms for logical fallacies. And let me tell you, if you're able to like drop Latin like off the cuff, you are the moment. Like, what are they going to do? Tell you you're wrong? Like, they don't know Latin. Do you know Latin? Do I know Latin? Do we know Latin? Does anyone know Latin? It is Who are we? What are we? Humans. We are, we are human humans. females. <laughs> that human females. That is what we are. Normal. Human females. Completely normal. Speaking of uh, freaky energy. En- energy? Energy. I think it is time for Corinne's... Conspiracy Corner. Never gets old. All right. So this is actually a pretty recent one. And a lot of you may have heard about it on news articles throughout the U.S. or on the news even. But um, basically, these giant monoliths, like 12 Mm -hmm. foot tall metal statue things. That's the only way I can describe them. Have just been appearing randomly in national parks and across the world. Like, I think the first one was cited in Utah, I believe. Yeah, that's what I heard. It was like, um, because Utah has like all those like sandy, like desert Mm -hmm. stone structures. So it was like in one of those. It was, it was really weird. And it just popped up there. And then a few days later, disappeared. Mm -hmm. And this has just been happening all over with no explanation for it at all. Wasn't there one like in California, like down south somewhere? I I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Because I remember, because uh, anyone in Kelly's class knows that you have to do current events, or at least in the APEG class. And so I, I did one once on the California one, and it was really weird because it came up, it attracted a bunch of visitors, and then like two days later, it was gone. Just like that, with no trace or anything. And these aren't like subtle things, they're like bulky structures, right? They're 12 feet tall. And someone's just picking them up, placing them there. No one knows. And then taking them away too. Like, how, where are they coming from? What is causing these? And as always, when it comes to Conspiracy Corner, what's the point? What The people who are behind this, what are they trying to accomplish with like, giant metal We've rectangles? discussed this multiple times. We always go back to what was the point in this in the Conspiracy Corner. But, like, what are these giant triangular prisms? <laughs> I really want them to have, like, like, GPS, like, tracking radar. Like, maybe they're, like, a beacon or something or a signal for some, like, larger device but they have to move it to like make sure the device always picks it up i don't know maybe there's like a mothership that's like rotating around mother earth so they have to move like the the 
Who are we thinking it's aliens again? That's what I was thinking. What were you Ooh, thinking? I don't know. I always think aliens. That's like my default. You know, that's completely valid. I love aliens. I hope they're really friendly if and when we ever meet one. Maybe they're just like looking for someone to eat lunch with like freshmen you and I were. Aw. I'd eat lunch with an alien. I would 100% eat lunch with an alien. I like an afternoon picnic with an alien. That'd be so delightful. That would be wonderful. Oh, man. I'm just touch-starved, I think. <laughs> That's know, the real conspiracy. Valid. <laughs> but, yeah, um, so I'm going to pass this on to you now. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Today, uh, uh, we have... Overthinking Thoughts by Joe. Um, kind of switching over. Um, I, I, I had a uh, conundrum because there was two ideas I had for today. Uh, today we're going to talk about dreams, but in the future we might talk about um, my um, distaste for middle-aged women. That <laughs> sounds wrong. And, and just one in particular that I had a bad experience with. It was a Karen moment. But anyways, uh. I digress. Um, today we are going to be overthinking symbolism in dreams because I have really weird dreams and I annoy my, my family when I always talk about them. So now I'm going to annoy you guys. So lately what I've, what I've noticed, and I'm not even kidding, this happens almost every night, I dream of the ocean. But it's always in different contexts. So um, it started out like they were, it's just like in the background. So like one dream, I went to this like water park on the ocean with the drama club. There was another dream where I went to Washington DC and the ocean was in the background. There was one dream where I went to New York city with my friend, the ocean was in the background. Um, and it was just always there, always present. And, I, and in the dream, I would always acknowledge, oh, there's an ocean there, but then it gets worse. Because recently I had a dream I was on this military like aircraft carrier with my family. And basically the premise of the dream is that it was the end of the world. And we were just preparing to uh, die at the hands of like this meteorite that was going to hit the earth and cause like earthquakes and tsunamis. So we were on this boat in the middle of the ocean. And that... And it w the whole time I was interacting with my family, I was doing different things. But there was just this general sense of, I'm going to die soon. Like, my time is coming. And I would look out, like, past the railing and look at the ocean and be like, that's going to kill me. As soon as the meteorite hits, that's going to hurt me. And it was really uncomfortable. And then I want to say two nights ago, I had this dream that, again, I was on this boat, but it was like a 1930s, like, um, what's the word? Like the Titanic cruise ship. Cruise ship, that's the word, but not the Titanic. But so it's like the 1930s, so everyone was dressed up that way. And for some reason... I don't know if they were Nazis or Russians, but these military men broke into like the apartments and the dining hall and started um, shooting everyone. And oh, like, no. <laughs> there are a lot of things happen that I'm not going to mention because it's really graphic. Um, I'm okay, I promise. But basically, my parents like shoved me out onto like the outside deck and they're like, you need to jump. Because you're not going to survive on this boat. You have a better chance of surviving in the ocean at night. It's nighttime, by the way. So my parents shoved me over the side of the boat, pushed me in the water, and then I watched my mom get shot in the back. Um, and as, like, the boat keeps moving away, I still, like, hear distant screaming and, like, gunshots. And I, like, look around because I'm treading water. And I see two other kids in the water as well. All these kids have been tossed overboard because they don't want to get shot up. So, um, yes, I am a little worried because I keep dreaming of the ocean. The more and more I dream, the worse and worse it gets. 
Um, I, I have talked to people about it. Uh, uh, generally, the ocean is associated with the idea of being afraid of the unknown, which does make sense. Uh, I am about to graduate, start a new chapter. There's a lot of variables I haven't worked out yet. So that makes sense. But the, the other problem is I'm also frequently dreaming of Washington, D.C. I think the answer there is that you are going to be the U.S.'s first woman president. I think I should. I think I should. You know, I think that's what that is. I can work that into my agenda. I, I look good in pantsuits, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But that does that does freak me out. I, I haven't been able to explain Washington, D.C. DC yet. <sighs> And it's kind of unnerving because every time I dream about it, it's always I'm in a school tour. And I did do that once in sixth grade. But I don't know why. But the school tour always goes wrong and I always get separated. But, yeah. So um, have fun unpacking that one, uh, my my therapist, who I'll see you tomorrow at uh, 4 p.m. Do you think you have a fear of being separated from the ones you love? That wouldn't make sense because I'm moving to South Dakota after I graduate. You know, I think I just busted the Washington, D.C. dream. <laughs> I'm just going to cancel my uh, therapy appointment and come to you in the future. You don't you charge, right? I don't charge. Good. I am here all the time. I'll bring you pizza, just not Domino's. Thank you. <laughs> I got you, boo. Uh, but with that, I think we can uh, transfer over to transfer. I don't think that's the right verb. Transition. Transition. There we go. Uh, over to senior suggestions. Woo. Uh, today's topic is uh, kind of posing a question to ourselves and to the listeners. Now that we are back on campus, what are we, you know, supposed to do with these remaining two months now that we're in person again? You know, what can we choose to get out of them? Because there is, uh, there is some feelings that like this sadly, unfortunately does feel like kind of pointless because it's, not fully back in person and it's only two months before we graduate and the seniors end early so yeah what, what are your thoughts on it you know what are you getting out of these last two months as a senior you know I've actually struggled a lot during the online virtual learning and I have mentioned this a couple times but actually being able to interact with my teachers and talk to them face to face do classwork in class where I can ask questions is helping me a lot with pushing through that Whereas now I'm just not sitting confused staring at a screen for six hours. Yeah, no, for sure. Like just today, I was talking with Mr. Kelly and I actually got to ask him like three questions in a row. And I was like, this is exciting. I don't have to type it out. I don't have to wait for a response. He can just answer me face to face. Yeah, exactly. And so that's been helping me a lot during this. Mm -hmm. So really me being here is just my way of being able to actually catch up on all the work that I've missed because I sat there staring at my screen for six hours and then started crying anyway oh sweet baby girl <laughs> <laughs> no I honestly completely relate to that not to quote Kelly for like the fourth time can you tell he's he's got a special place in my heart um anyone who has had his class he always poses the question why are you here what's the point you remember that sophomore year we, we got that question it's fun to ask a 15 year old that there's not a lot of good answers um not a lot of good answers uh, but the truth is, the, the point, you know, of why we're here is going to look different for everyone. My point is going to be different than Corinne's. Uh, so it's up to you to decide what to do with it. You, you, like Corinne was saying, you have control of your education and, and you get to choose now to come here and get something out of it by interacting with the teachers and, you know, further enriching, in, enriching yourself, enriching your, I think it's enriching. I added too many s syllables. It's fine. It's fine. We all know what fine means. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I think that was the perfect time for that sound effect. I know. I, normally, I hesitate. I can't remember which one it is, but it, it worked. The gods came together. Uh, but yeah, just it, just in recap, it may be it may be not the year that we wanted. No, it may not be the year we wanted, but we can still choose to find good in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think with that we conclude our fifth episode of the Seventh Sea. As always, our previous episodes are available on Spotify and YouTube. Be sure to follow the Seventh Sea on Instagram to get episode updates. <laughs> episode up updates. Episode. <laughs> no, it's episode. Yeah. Episode update. What it you said? Episode update. <laughs> That was smooth. You know, we're going to roll with it. I'm going to say that every time from here on out. It's episode updates. Episode updates. Yes, yes. So yeah, follow us on Instagram to get episode updates, interact with our polls, and see some behind-the-scenes content. And with that, I'm still not Corinne. I'm still not Joe. And the 7th Sea is, is not, not California. California. I think we only actually said it once in this episode. I think we said it three times. I don't know. Not that I was counting. We didn't say it. Or, what am I saying? Regardless, it's not that. So, try again. <laughs> yeah. Woo!